Good morning, New Life. How are you doing today? Awesome. Hey, it's good to be in the house. My name's Nate. I'm one of the pastors on staff. I get the privilege of serving as the young adult and life groups pastor, so I am just honored to be here, and thank you so much. If this is your first time in New Life, we are glad that you're here. Man, we also want to welcome all of you who are worshiping online with us out at North Platte in Ogallala. We are glad that you're here. Wherever you're worshiping with us from, welcome to New Life. We are glad you're here. We are in our teaching series called... Who's on first? We're in the second week of it. Today, we're going to be talking about surrender or control. How many control freaks are out there today? Come on, be honest at all of our campus. All right, thank you for your honesty. Maybe some of you are like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stay in control. That's okay. It's all good. Hey, at all, at all of our campuses, you might have realized, you might, you know, you're like, I am a control freak, and that's okay. So today, you come with repentance and confession today into the house of God, and you say, I am a control freak. Jesus, will you set me free? Come on. Amen. Come on. That's the heart. Don't, don't shy away if that's where you know that you struggle or somewhere that you're at. It's okay. Bring it into to the house of God or bring it to the Lord during the week and say, Lord, would you help me with this area? Because God wants to be involved in our lives. He wants to transform us. He wants to change us. Two weeks ago, Pastor Jeff even talked about how he likes to make old things awesome. You got it, man. So let's begin to live it. Let's be vulnerable. Let's be um, transparent. Let's be people that allows God to transform us and change us. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, man. It's good to be here. So, man, we are going to kick off. So if you look at this area of surrender and control, you can see it, the theme all throughout the Bible. If you look at Galatians chapter 5, you see that there is a battle going on between your flesh and your spirit. Your flesh wants what? To be in Control. Yeah, you can talk to me today. Your flesh wants to be in control, and your spirit wants to be surrendered to the Lord. And you have this battle, this clash, this battle that's going on. And so maybe today, uh, this might be a little funny. Maybe you can relate. Maybe you're like, oh, I wish this wasn't me. But I found some memes online today about control. So let's just see if you can identify. Maybe you know somebody who's like this. Here we go. As long as everything is exactly the way I want it, I'm totally flexible. <laughs> maybe you can... Maybe you know somebody. Maybe that's you. I hate it when I plan my day and nobody follows the script. We can kind of feel like that, right? I'm not a control freak. I'm a control enthusiast. So there we go. We're just trying to get some people laughing today, loosen up. I'm not really a control freak, but can I show you the right way to do that? <laughs> right? And then here's one of mine that hits home. I don't struggle with control. I just know how to fold the towels correctly. See, if you would have asked me eight years ago when I married my wife that I would be singing a song when I'm folding towels, okay? There, if you're about to get married or men, you haven't figured this out yet, you're dating somebody, you need to find out the way she likes the towels folded because there is a right way to fold the towels. It may look a little bit different than my house, but there is a right way. And there was a song that I used to sing. It's like, pick up your towel and fold it in half. Pick up your towel and fold it in half, and you roll it, and you roll it, and you roll it. That's the song that I sing when I, felt, when I fold my towels. Just to remind myself there's a correct way to fold the towels. <laughs> That's how it goes in my house. I don't know how it looks in your house, but hey, maybe, maybe it's not towels. Because for, for me, really, it's the way that we, I like the wood floors done at my house. There's a way that you vacuum them, that you sweep them, that you mop them. And I, all I'm saying is we all have an area in our life that we like to control. Maybe it's your kids. Anybody got kids today? You wish your kids would do it a certain way? 
and they're not. Okay, so you try to control. Maybe it's your spouse. If they don't do what you say or they don't do it the way you, you, you want them to do it, then you withhold things from them. You're angry towards them. You know, all, there's all these things. We all have areas in our life that we want to be in control. We're honest about it. So we want to address this issue of control. So wherever you're trying to control or whenever you're trying to control something that is not yours to control, what it actually is is a reflection of a big spiritual problem today. When you try to be in control of something that's not yours to control, it, it's, an, it's a reflection of a spiritual problem. And so um, what happens is, is we try to put ourselves on first. When there's areas in our life that we want to control, what we're saying is, God, I can handle this. I got this. I can do this better than you. I'm going to be on first. I can do it. I know what's best. And so today, I want to I examine and look at a, a piece of scripture that many of you know. Many of you know, you've heard it. Some of you, if you've grown up in the church, you, can, you have it memorized. You can quote this verse when, I, when, I, when it comes up on the screen, you'll be like, oh yeah, I know that. Others of you maybe have heard this for the first time. But either way, wherever you find yourself today, my heart is that you would come in today as we look at God's word and you go, God, would you show me the power and the truth in this verse? Because it might be something that we know, but it's very difficult for us to live it out today. Versus Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. You know this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Right here. The first word, if you're, a, if you're someone who struggles with control, trust is a big issue. Some of you today, you have trust issues. Because when you give up control, basically what you're doing is you're, you are surrendering yourself to that person. Or you're surrendering yourself to God saying, God, okay, I'm not going to be in control. I'm going to trust myself to you. And for you, trust is a big issue because you've given yourself to somebody given yourself to, you know, whatever it might be, and someone has abused you, hurt you, wounded you, and so today you're very guarded today. I don't know where you're at, but I'm believing the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Today, trust, right there, when you see the word trust, it causes you to have anxiety. Because you're like, man, I just want to control. I got to be in charge. But today the verse says, trust in the Lord with what? All of your heart. It's not saying give in a quarter of your heart, give half of your heart, three quarters of your heart, but trust with all of your heart. Don't compartmentalize this, but trust in the Lord with all your heart, and then do what? Lean not on your own understanding. Isn't that so difficult? I have an understanding of a way I think things are supposed to go and how they're supposed to play out, but then what do I, what do I want to do is I want to get in there and try to figure it out, but when we trust in the Lord, we cannot lean, not, we can't lean on our own understanding and what we have to do is in all of our ways, submit to the authority of the Lord. Submit ourselves to the Lord, to know the Lord, to understand his ways, to understand his character, to understand, submit ourselves to him. And what will he do? He will make our paths straight. He will make, make our paths straight. This is, what I love about this is, hey, I'm not going to be anxious about anything because I'm going to trust the Lord today. Some of us, we have a lot of worry, we have a lot of anxiety because it's like, hey, things should be going like this, but today you come with anxiety and worry, and today I just want to encourage you to give yourself to the Lord, to trust the Lord, to not lean on your own understanding. The cool thing about this, about this verse is he'll make your path straight. If you get going, how many of you have GPS on your phone, right? Whether you have the British accent version or whatever the version is. The cool thing is if you try to go have control and do it yourself or you try to go about your own way, the great thing about God is he will say this to you, recomputing, recomputing, recom and he'll get you help you get back online to make your path straight. Isn't that, isn't that refreshing and encouraging today? I hope it is. I hope it is for you today. But here's the problem. Many of us, you'll see this in your life and I see it in my own life, the more that we try to control 
the more that we are afraid of losing control, and the more we are afraid of losing control is the more that we control. Today, we want to control. Being out of control, feel like losing control causes us to want to control. And today, we're going to look at a, a piece uh, of scripture of a couple in the Old Testament found in Genesis uh, Abraham and Sarah, in, in this part of the scripture, at their, their names hadn't changed yet. They're Abram and Sarai, and they are a couple that have control issues. And there's a couple examples in, chapter, in Genesis chapter 12 where Ab- Abram was afraid as he was going into Egypt. He was afraid his wife was a babe, basically. There's the Nate version. She was a babe. She was good looking. He even says, man, she's very attractive. And he was afraid, man, when we go into Egypt, these, these guys are going to probably kill me and take my wife. And so what did he do? He tried to control it. And he goes, hey, Sarai, when we go in and when they ask you if you're my wife, say, no, you're my sister. Again, trying to control, he lies in the process. And so we're going to pick up this piece of scripture in Genesis chapter 16. This is a verse right here in chapter verses 1 through 4 where we see Abraham or Abram and Sarah. God has promised them that they're going to be, um, they're going to have many children. Abram's going to be a father of many nations, as many kids as the sands on the sea. But what happens? Nothing happens. Days, weeks, months, years go by, nothing happens. And this is where we see a control issue taken like, man, it's not happening in God's timing. I'm going to make it happen myself. So, and Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Perhaps, perhaps I can do this. Maybe I can make this happen. Perhaps I can build a family through her. This whole message we could preach right here, gentlemen, Abram agreed to what Sarah said. We could just, that's a whole different topic, right? Kind of funny, like wrong. What are you thinking, dude? But whatever. So after Abram had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian slave, Hagar, and gave her to her husband to be his wife, and he slept with Hagar, and she conceived. So if you're like, oh, cool, okay, that's, what's the big deal? It's the first episode of Sister Wives. Man, all right, you guys are with me today. I love it wrong. If you don't know the rest of the story, I'm just going to, I'm going to explain it to you a little bit because this moment of control is affecting millions and millions of people, centuries, centuries, uh, generations and generations. It's still affecting us today. This moment of, of control, of not trusting God's timing, let me just show you what happens. So Hagar gets pregnant. She conceives. She has a son. His name is Ishmael. Later, Sarai has a son named Isaac. And if we look at the lineage of these two boys and what flows down from it, you'll see that it's, it's stunning. So out of Ishmael, you have the Palestinians. Out of Ishmael, you have Muhammad, which is Islam. Out of Isaac, you have the Jewish nation. And you also have Christ and Christianity. And, and today, we still see it centuries later, we still see the Palestinians and the Jews over in the Middle East today, they're fighting and at war with each other, they're at odds with each other, and we still to this day, we have people going, do I follow Muhammad or do I follow Christ? A control issue gone wrong. Why did this happen? Because somebody wasn't willing just to trust in God's timing. Sarai, she looked at us and she goes, man, I'm getting old. How many of you are getting old today? I'm getting old. I'm, weird, I'm one year older today. Happy Thank you. <laughs> and 
And so many times when we get to a certain age or a certain, you know, place in our life, we're like, man, things should look like this, right? You know what I'm saying, anybody? It, it should be like this. And then we begin to go, oh, hey, uh, it's not really happening the way that I thought it would, or it's not looking the way that I thought it would look. And so what we do, we try to control things. And the thing is today that the chances are you, you won't be tempted like these guys, but I, I, I'm for certain that you'll be tempted in some area when things aren't going the way that you think they should, that you'll have, an, you'll have a desire to want to control. Maybe you're a single person here today. Today, you desire a relationship. Maybe you're visiting New Life because you checked out some other churches and you're looking around the auditorium and go, oh man, nobody's, nobody's meeting my eye. Nobody's meeting my eye. Okay, maybe I'll come back to New Life next week. Maybe I want to go check somewhere out. You know what I'm saying? But you're here and you're, you're like, I desire relationships so bad. So you don't find it in the, the, the community of believers, but you show up on work on Monday and you're like, oh, I didn't know him. I didn't know, ooh, I didn't know her. And you go out and you connect and you find out they don't have a relationship with the Lord. Now you know what 2 Corinthians chapter 6 says about not being unequally yoked. And so now you have a, you have a decision you're going to make. Am I going to choose to control or am I going to trust the Lord's timing and go, Lord, I really want somebody that's equally yoked who loves you and loves the Lord so that we can be one in a, in a relationship. Today, that's, that's the reality of how will we control, will we choose surrender or will we choose to control? Maybe your finances today are just in disarray. And you've heard about tithing and what it looks like in the principles of giving to the Lord. And, and you understand it, but you're like, man, and you just come to the, the idea of like, you know what? When I get more financially stable, then I'll give. That's a, that's, a, that's a model of controlling going, you know what? Instead of just trusting the Lord and saying, God, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Or what this all looks like, but Lord, I'm going I'm to trust you. I'm going to give to you. Maybe at work. You've been delegating, you've been delegating and giving work away, but it's just not getting done the way that you want or for whatever reason. So you spend late night hours just, you know, micromanaging and figuring out how you can do it yourself. I know not here, but maybe at our North Platte campus, you've got helicopter parents. You just hover, hover over your kids. Jimmy, Susie, always on them, always trying to protect them. Did you know in 2019 they came out with a new definition for helicopter parents, they still have the helicopter parents, but now they have a new definition of parenting. You're called the snowplow parents. They want to remove any pain or difficulties from their child's path so that their kids can succeed. Control, control, I got to protect, I got to protect. So here's what I want to do real quick. Here's what I want to do at all, of our, at all of our campuses. You can either think about it or you can write this down. I want you to think about or write down that area that you're trying to control in your life. It can, I, I love it. I, I'm, in, I'm getting my, uh, my master's in counseling. And so we can go deep into the deep pool or we can go into the shallow pool today. You get to pick. Where's an area in your life that you're trying to control? Is it deep or is it something that's just shallow? But identify it. Is it a person? Is it a thing? Is it a circumstance? Write it down. Identify it. What are you trying to control? And this is the question I want to ask you. Is the thing that you're trying to control, is it something that really is yours to control or is it something that you're supposed to trust to the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understandings, but in all of your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight? What is it today that you're trying to control that isn't for you to control, but you're supposed to trust it and trust it to the Lord and lean not on your own understanding? So the question today is, who's on first, surrender or control? And so today, when we wrestle with making decisions on do I surrender or do I control it, I want to ask us three more questions. Is that okay if I just keep asking questions for you? I, I'd like to help you. I, I know it's helped me. So today, here's the first question that I want us to ask when we're wrestling with surrender or control. The first question is this. Is it worth my concern? 
is what I'm trying to control worth my concern? The towels today, the flooring today, is it worth my concern in the next 60, 90, one year, two years, five years? Is it worth my concern? Is it even that big a deal? If your kid wants to wear cowboy boots with his shorts to the grocery store, if your husband wants to wear cowboy boots with, with his shorts to the grocery store for that matter, if it's a big deal to you, this is what I want to ask you. I want you to ask if it, you have to identify, is it an image thing? Is it my image? Because that will just show you a whole other area of where God may be working on you or it's something that you need to deal with. So is it, a, is, it, is it a main concern? Is it worth my concern? Is it a big deal? Ma- or Jesus talks about this in, Ch- in Matthew chapter uh, 6. He talks about this. Is it, you know, is it worth my concern? Is it that, that big a deal? And, it, and Jesus says this, I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Verse 32, these things dominate the thoughts of the unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteous and he will give you everything you need. So at the end of the day, do we need food? Do we need clothing, church? Yes. In our culture, in society, you can't function. I mean, no food, you know, no shirts, no service. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't even get into places today. So, yes, food and clothes matter, but it's a principle of things that we make too big of a deal. Sometimes we make things just too big of a deal. So my 12th birthday, my 12th birthday, image is everything when you're in middle school. Because I had buck teeth, big glasses, and a bowl cut. So well, I want cool clothes. I want Nike. I want Adidas. I tell my mom that. Guess what? My mom and dad didn't give me that. They got me bum equipment. Bum equipment, if you're from North Platte, there's a red barn out there by Cody Go-Karts. It used to have a bunch of strip malls in it, and there was a bunch of shops in there. Bum equipment. So I'm opening up my gifts. I hold up the sweatshirt. I'm like, Mom, this is stupid. I don't want this. She takes it from me. She sends me to my room. She teaches me hey, you want to make something a big deal that's not really a big deal? Let me show you something. So here's what she did. Sends me to my room. Everybody eats the cake. Whatever cake's left over, they throw away. They take all my gifts back. I don't get any gifts for my 12th birthday. Come on, somebody say amen. That's good parenting. Come on, it taught me something. I'm like, that's abuse. No, it, come on. Are you kidding me? I learned something that day that, you know what? My image and those things are not that big a deal. And it was a great moment for me, and it's, I'm 36 now, and I'm, today I'm remembering my 12th birthday. <laughs> that was good parenting. My mom taught me something. My mom taught me something. So the thing that you're trying to control right now, is it worth your concern? Is it that big of a deal? Is it that big of a deal? The second question is this, is it mine to control? Is it something I should do something about? Is it my responsibility? Sometimes the answer is Yes. Because the thing is, is too many times as Christians, we want to surrender our life to Jesus, and then we say, okay, Jesus will take care of it. I can just sit back and do whatever I want. Wrong. Is it mine to control? Don't relinquish responsibility. Take responsibility. Let me just tell you, I asked my wife if I could share this. The last two years, our marriage has been difficult. Difficult. She would tell you, hey, there's probably some areas in my life that I have some control issues. She would share that. There were some areas in my life where I wasn't taking responsibility. I like to train dogs for fun. My buddies and hobby, that became a priority. Ministry, 
people, hanging out with people became a priority in my life. And my wife kept trying to control me and control me because I wasn't making her a priority in my life. Can I, is it okay if I'm transparent? And so we, we struggled for two years. I'm a slow learner, I'm just telling you. I'm a slow learner. Two years. She's praying God fix him, I'm praying God fix her. We're having late nights because we're arguing. We can't get this figured out. And then I begin to pray, and the Lord goes, are you going to do something about this, or are you just going to wait for it just to just all fall apart? And I said, I begin to pray. I was like, Lord, what am I supposed to do? He's like, she's asking for you to show up at time to have dinner with her every night. And when I began to just go, you know what? Things would come up. No, I'm sorry, I can't. I, I'm going to be home and have dinner with my wife. Things began to change in a relationship. The Lord began to give me joy in serving her and loving her. And I can say in the, in the last few months, it's just been amazing, right, babe? It's been amazing. <laughs> Affirm me. But, but I couldn't wait for somebody else to tell me that's what I needed to do because I'd be like, whatever, man, it's no big deal. She'll get over it. Why are you controlling me? Stop. I'm not hurting anybody. But when the Holy Spirit began to speak, I had to begin to be obedient today. Today, for some of you, it's yours to control. You need to stop doing some things and you need to start doing some other things. Philippians 2, 12 through 13 says this, work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. Today, there are some results of our, of our relationship with the Lord. You can leave this up. There's some, there's some, there's some results. There's eternal hope that we have. There's peace that you have that people that don't know Jesus wish that they had. You can show those things. The other things in your life are the fruits of the Spirit that the Holy Spirit will deposit into you if you'll allow him to, to transform you and shape you. And the biggest thing that I needed out of the fruits of the Spirit was the very last one was self-control, to say no to self and say yes to the thing that the Lord was asking me to do for my wife. I needed self-control. And when I started doing that, man, God started doing something because it says right here, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. God wants you to succeed. God wants you to win, amen? amen. God does want you to win. He's working on your behalf, but you gotta do, it's, a, it's, a, it's just a tag team. We're working together, we're working together. We're working together. So today, students, take ownership of your work ethic. If you're a young person today and your mom's telling you, your mom's dad's telling you to do something, do it. Be disciplined. Take ownership. Spouses, you need to take ownership of your attitude. Today, if you struggle with addiction, you need to take ownership in the steps that you need to in order to, get, to find freedom today. Take ownership of that. But the great thing is, is you're not working alone. God is at work within us. So here's the third question for you today. Is it for God alone? Is this, is this one of the areas in my life that I'm trying desperately to control, but it's not mine to control this is one of those areas that I need to surrender to God alone. We're going to look at Philippians chapter 4. It says, do not be anxious about anything today. Don't worry about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, whatever the situation is that you maybe you're feeling like you need to control, in every situation, what do we do? By prayer and petition. Too many times when we want to control, what do we want to do? It's me first. I'll figure this out. And when I, I, I exhaust all of my efforts and I still am like tired and I'm worried, I'm over anxious, then what I'll do, I'll bring it to the Lord in prayer. 
No, this is, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation. So this is the question to you, for you today, is whenever you feel anxious, you need to come to the Lord in prayer today. Come to the Lord in prayer. With thanksgiving, why would we come to the Lord with thanksgiving? Because we know that he hears our prayers. I come to the Lord with thanksgiving. Like, I know that it's, you know, I know that he's going to hear my prayer today. It would be foolish of me to, like, come and be excited, you know, to my wife but I know she's going to be like, that's a dumb idea. Sometimes that's how we come to the Lord. Well, Lord, I'm just going to pray because uh, I don't know if this is even really that big of a deal or if you care. No, come to the Lord with thanksgiving. God, today, man, here is my, here's my concern. Here's my situation. Present your request to God, and then what happens? The peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Again, your understanding and God's understanding may look different today. They may look the same, but a lot of times they look different. So today, when you're going through a difficult situation and somebody comes up to you and goes, how are you doing so well? You can say, man, it's the peace of God that transcends all of my understanding today. It's in Christ Jesus today that I stand, that I'm, I'm moving, that I'm even here today. That's how you can function in the midst of difficult situations, in the midst of things that are just out of control. It's the peace of God that transcends all understanding. And what does he do? He'll guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. There's a protection that happens when we put Christ first, when we surrender. He will protect our hearts and our minds today. Let's never forget that prayer should be our first resort, not our last. It should be our first re resort. It's, it's an action step. It's, it's a piece of, man, this is, it's action then ask yourself, whatever it is that you're supposed to give to the Lord, God, today I'm trusting you with all my heart. I'm leading not on my understanding, but in all my ways I'm acknowledging you, I'm submitting to you, I'm knowing you, I'm praying that you would do something about this that is out of my control. Today, can you control your kids? Some would say yes, but no, you can't. But what do you do today? You do your part. You lead them in the way that they should go, right? You raise them in the way that they should go so they wouldn't depart from the word. You raise them, but then what do you do? Is you have to let them go. You have to give them to God. Can you fix your spouse today? No. But what can you do? You can pray for your spouse. You can encourage them. Leave, leave sticky notes. Get a dry, dry erase marker and write on the mirror when they get ready because hopefully they get ready in the morning. Leave them know, I love you, I'm thinking about you. Even when they're being the worst pain and you know where. You bring them before the Lord. Don't give up on them. Can you physically heal yourself? No, you can't, but what can you do? You can get a good doctor. You can change your diet. But only God can heal, so you give it to God and say, it's to you, to God alone. So today, wherever you're at, wherever you find yourself, whatever situation that you find yourself in that you're trying to control, I, add, I want you just to, to go back through these three, these three questions. Is it worth my concern? A lot of times it's not. A lot of times it's not, so you just got to let it go. Is it mine to control? If it is, then do something about it. If not, then it's for God alone. Give it to the Lord. My wife and I were talking about this message 
on Friday, and she said this to me. She said, the one thing that you can control is what you surrender and give to God. The one thing that you control is what you surrender and give to God. So today, who's on first? Allow surrender to be on first over control today. Today, would you stand with me as I pray today? God, today we, we need you. God, today we thank you for your love and your kindness and your mercy. God, today you, you built us and created us and designed us to want to lead. But sometimes, Lord, we, we get in the way. We try to control we try to think that we know what's best and we take the place of you today. Lord, today would you help us to choose surrender over control. God, today would we lay down that area where we are trying to be first, but it's just causing us anxiety, it's causing us worry. Today, we give that to you. We pray that you would lead us and guide us today through worship, Would you be close to us today? In Jesus' name, we love you. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Let's worship today.